In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It was a delight to cross the water this morning to be with you. From Southwark to St. Paul's, both cathedrals standing, one a little closer, one a little further from the water's edge, but both proud to be alongside the majestic Thames. I'm so fortunate being Dean of Southwark, as I've told the Dean of St. Paul's. My house, my deanery, is on Bankside itself, between the Tate Modern and the Globe. Every morning, as I fling back my bedroom curtains, ready to greet the new day, raring to go, again, I see the wonderful dome of St. Paul's, standing as it stood for so long, still proud within the city, and flowing outside my house, the river, the Thames. Sometimes it's low, and the mudlarks are out combing the exposed foreshore for treasure. Sometimes it's high, and then it's as though the boats are at the same level as my window. Sometimes it's as calm as a mill pond, reflecting St. Paul's, and the other buildings, as in some great canaletto. Sometimes it's rough and grey and threatening, whipped up by some wind from the east and the sea. It's ever-changing, as water so often is. There's nothing quite like going down to the water's edge to find something that we're looking for. The priest poet Gerard Manley Hopkins, in his poem, Pen Mine Pool, paints a wonderful picture of some healing water. The pool is in modern-day Gwynedd in Wales, not far from Snowdonia. And what he describes is beautiful. And in the final verse, he says this. Then come who pine for peace or pleasure away from counter, court, or school. Spend here your measure of time and treasure and taste the treats of Penmine Pool. There was a huge pool in Jerusalem close to the temple. It was near the sheep gate where the lambs for sacrifice were taken. The pool was deep very deep. It was surrounded by porticoed areas, and in those porticoes there were always people looking for healing, because people thought that this was a place of miracles. Sometimes the wind suddenly whipped up, and it was thought that an angel had stirred the water, and that that was when healing happened. And the people called it Beth Zatha, the house of mercy, because this is where God's mercy, God's healing, God's grace was known, was to be found. The place was always crowded, some coming to collect water for the use of the temple, 
some collecting water for their own use, some bringing the sick and leaving them there to receive mercy, others almost taking up residence in the shelter of the porticos. Then come, who pine for peace or pleasure. They came for the pleasure of the water. They came pining for the peace of healing. And Jesus comes with them. Jesus always had an eye for the person who was really in need. Whenever he was walking around from town to town, from village to village, he had spot the person by the wayside, spot the person in the crowd, spot the person in the tree who really needed his attention. And he sees this man in one of the porticos. He was stuck there. He'd lived his life in this place, 38 long years, waiting and unable to get through the crowd in time to receive the mercy on offer in the disturbed waters. This place had become his home, and whilst others came and went, he remained. And Jesus spots him and speaks to him. He spots him and asks him the strangest question. Here was a man who was here because he wanted to be healed. Here was a man who'd put his whole life on hold so that he could be there for that unpredictable moment when the angel would disturb the water. Here he was, and here he was staying until he was healed. And Jesus comes along and asks this ridiculous, audacious question. Do you want to be made well? What on earth did this teacher think he was there for if it was not for healing? Do you want to be made well? There's an amazing church in Istanbul. If you're ever there and after you visited Hagia Sophia and the Blue Mosque, head out of the center and to the church of St. Saviour in Cora. It's a museum now, as many of the old churches are, but it was built as a Byzantine basilica with some beautiful frescoes and mosaics like this stunning cathedral. But after the fall of Constantinople, most of the decorations were whitewashed as the church became a mosque. Apart from, apart from the sacristy chapel, a side room, which those now using the former church for worship didn't bother to whitewash. Why waste the paint? But left it as a storeroom. Now you go in and see the glorious fresco of the resurrection in the asp at the east end where the altar would have stood. The image is familiar, Jesus rising from the dead. He'd spent his time in the tomb harrowing, harvesting hell 
hunting for our first parents, Adam and Eve, so that they too could share in his resurrection. But this fresco is painted in a particularly vigorous way. The triumphant Christ breaking through the tomb from the dark world beneath is not just leading Adam and Eve by the hand. He has gripped each of them by the wrist. He's dragging them into the light. It's as though they're reluctant to leave the place that they'd become familiar with. We can even get used to hell. But the second Adam, the new Adam, will not take no for an answer. He drags them through their reluctance into life. Kenneth Bailey, an American theologian who spent years living and studying in the Middle East, looks at the teaching and the actions of Jesus through that particular lens. Writing about this miracle at the poolside, but specifically about the question Jesus asks the man who's stuck there, he says this. The reason for the exam is to say to the paralytic, you have survived as a beggar for years. If healed, you will have your livelihood stripped from you because no one will give to a healthy man. Are you ready for the new responsibilities that will come with healing? My friends, be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you pray for. God might take you seriously. Lovely Lydia by the water with her friends at prayer accepts Paul's invitation in our first reading to be baptized. Did she know what she was taking on? That her life would be turned upside down. Then come, who pine for peace or pleasure, away from counter, court, or school, spend here your measure of time and treasure and taste the treats of Penmine Pool. On the face of it, it's all so lovely. Yes, I want to be healed. Yes, I want to be baptized. Yes, I want to be raised to new life. But as Jesus says to his disciples, wanting the best seats in the kingdom, do you know what you're asking for? Can you drink the cup that I drink? We can feel stuck, trapped, People are moving ahead of us and we are left behind. We've been in this place, stuck in this rut for so long. But you know what? It's my rut and I love it. Responding to Jesus is always good news, apart from when it isn't. Apart from when it means moving from the familiar darkness to the bright light in which everything can be seen. 
my sister, my brother, there's an invitation to you now to come and eat. Jesus is willing to give himself to you today as food, as drink, to satisfy that gnawing hunger, to quench that unquenchable thirst. Come and eat, he says. But if you do, his life will be your life. Are you, am I, ready for that?